virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. All right. Well, Shayla, I said that right, right? Yes. Yes. Your name? Okay. Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm so excited. (laughs) Could you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Kind of what, like, where do you live? What do you do? Um, That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my name is Shayla or Shayla Egan. I am from Utah. And I grew up here my whole life. And um, growing up, I was a big soccer player. I played a club and I played high school. And then I went to college on a full ride and did soccer there. And that's where I met my husband. We I went to school. I think it's now called Utah Tech. It used to be Dixie. Mm-hmm. But I met my husband there and we got married in the Mount Tibinogos Temple. Mm-hmm. We've been married. For 15 years, we have four daughters. And now that I can't play soccer anymore, I am now a runner. And I love running uh, marathons. And I ran the Boston Marathon this year. And it's just been my new hobby. And I have a um, Instagram called LDS Prepper Girl. And it's where I teach spiritual and temporal preparedness. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I on here, I interview people who I think are guardians of specific virtues. And mm-hmm. and to me, virtue means power. That's probably the most, I don't know, accurate and simple definition of virtue that I've found. And it also plays to what I want to talk about when I interview people on here, which is having specific power or power in specific um, virtues. And so uh, I think you are obviously... <laughs> Your strength is preparedness. I think you are guardian of preparedness. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah, great. So <laughs> what do you think it means to be a guardian of preparedness? Oh, it's, I feel like it's like been a calling to me. Like I've been called to do these things. And um, and being a guardian uh, of preparedness, I think is a special thing because because I do not just only physical preparedness, but I do temporal, I feel like it's my duty to help others grow closer to our Savior, because that's a big part of spiritual preparedness, is helping people um, be able to communicate with Christ and our loved ones, so it can help them prepare here uh, for hard times, because life's hard. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you life is hard, but if we are prepared temporally and spiritually, it will bring us comfort. It will bring us peace. And, um, yeah, then that's why I think the, I'm the guardian of preparedness is to help others uh, be prepared. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, you said that being prepared brings you peace. Yes. Um, I, 
I've notoriously been the person that fights against making a meal plan. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone and, in that. You're not alone. But I have I have four children too, and um, we're at the stage in our children's lives where things have just become more busy. I have a teenager. My youngest one is is six, and so um, we're just kind of all over the place now. So it, it means I need to be prepared with yeah. my meal plans and so last week for the first time in forever i dusted off like these i had when i would like just had one or two children at home and they were little during nap times i would like do these homemaking type things right that i yeah. just don't take the time for now and one of those was making like a meal plan chart on excel and yeah. it i just had to like put in my meal plan my meals for like the whole month and then it would auto populate on this chart like a weekly thing and I could just print the weekly thing out and there's my meals and so I did that this week and like my peace has increased almost tenfold just because I don't have to think about what I'm making for dinner tonight a hundred percent and like I feel like too with older kids you live in a car like you because you are constantly carpooling them your poor younger ones are in there with you screaming and just knowing that what meal you're going to have for dinner just lightens the load, right? You're, you're yes. less stressed as you know. You're like, okay, that's just one thing on the side I don't have to worry about. Yep. Yep. So it's, it, and you're not going to McDonald's every night because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take the time for dinner. <laughs> yeah. That's um, right. So, and, and you're a runner. So like, you know, going to McDonald's every day is probably not healthy for you anyway. Um, that's- <laughs> It. you know when you eat your McDonald's you know you ate McDonald's oh yeah <laughs> and it's not a good feeling <laughs> no not nutritious that's for sure I wish it was but I know I know right um yeah. although we we're picking McDonald's that's definitely not my favorite choice I guess Chick-fil-A would probably be better but... uh, yeah your percent I love Chick-fil-A yeah. <laughs> yes same so I guess, how did you figure out that being a guardian of preparedness was your calling? Oh, it's, it's interesting. So like growing up, like with my parents were always prepared. And uh, even my grandma was very into preparedness. And so um, we would have family home evenings and my parents were very good at like uh, teaching us if something happened, like an emergency Uh, Like, how would we react? And they had their 72 hour kits. And I remember there'd be times where I try to sneak in and steal a treat out of the 72 hour kit because I liked that treat more when we had in our pantry. But (laughs) I I had a good household that uh, taught me the importance of uh, preparedness. And then when after I got married, um, I feel like we all go through stages where we kind of slack a little bit because it's like we're on our own. You don't really think about it. And then it wasn't until um, later, and this was like, I think right before 2020, um, when everything shut down, I kept getting the feeling like I need food storage. Like there's, and even though there wasn't anything obvious that was happening that, you know, like made me feel like we, you know, like we needed it, it was I felt like it was time that I was like, okay, like my parents taught me this. I now have at the time, uh, I had three kids at the time. And I was like, I um, maybe have something that I uh, should put on the side just in case. And then when January hit of 2020, I had extreme prompting 
to start food storage. And so I honestly just went to the store and bought what I could. I didn't even like plan anything out. I just threw stuff in a car. I had like this picture I sent to my husband of this, like my, one of my kids is sitting on top of the car and it's just (laughs) stuff like, yeah. And, but then when everything shut down in March, I was like, Oh, okay. This is why we prepare. And I mean, I'm not just saying like for during a virus, you know, or a pandemic, but also like, for anything that comes our way. And so that's when I started to realize even like people, you would read all over online that people are like, I, you know, I need toilet paper. I need this. I need that. And you realize that everyone around you was not prepared either. We were all caught off guard. And that's why I was like, okay, I need, I know what I was already doing because of my parents. And so I knew how to do everything, but I felt like everyone that I was like reading online or around me didn't know. So that's when I was like, I need to start something to start teaching them how mm-hmm. to. And that was more of a, even though I got a prompting the physical or spiritual, I didn't get into spiritual preparedness until later. Um, but uh, it was like in 2021, I was listening to um, president Nelson's talk. It was in October and he was talking about, um temples he and he said how firm or he goes these are the latter days um you need to you know uh how is your spiritual foundation and I almost right there I call it my spiritual awakening (laughs) it was I felt like I was I woke up and I felt like I was called and it's a very it's almost like an outer body experience because I've never experienced something like that before and I think at that time, God was telling me that I need to be all in right now. And that's including spiritual preparedness and, you know, like going to church and temples and go to the temple and everything, but also being physical prepared because I, we things are happening at a rapid pace because we are preparing for his coming. So that is like my journey of how I started this preparedness. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. I love that. The it's always those moments. I, I've not, I've only had a couple of those moments in my life that were like, almost like if I didn't start doing this, that, I, you know, the like following the prompting that I felt like there'd be some big consequences or like bigger consequences than if, um, you know, like, I I don't know, I can't think of a, an example of a small prompting. Although, is there such thing as a small prompting? I don't know. But, you know, there are some so, things... Oh, you're no, you're yeah. right. I had a prompt. This was years ago to put um, blankets in the back of my car. And it was like winter and I kind of threw it off like because I was just always busy. And then one day I was leaving, quickly leaving with my daughter because we were going to go look at a house. We were looking to move. And our realtor called and was like, hey, hurry and come look at this house. It's going to like get off the market. And I think it's perfect for your family. So I jump in the car with my youngest or how old was she at the time? She was like my two-year-old daughter. I think she was my oldest daughter. And uh, she, I had a feeling when I jumped in the car to go grab blankets. And I was like, I'm running out of time. I don't have time to grab blankets. Mm-hmm. Like, I I got to get the door. So I didn't do it. I left. I At the time, I was 30 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were driving on the freeway. And a car lost control and hit us head on on the freeway. Oh. And our car we were okay it was scary but it was January and we 
didn't have coats. And because I thought we'd just stay in the car because it'd keep us warm. And then I remembered that's why I had the prompting to have a blanket because we were going to freeze. And we yeah. did. We were frozen waiting for the police and the ambulance and everyone to show up. And so I'm like, it's just those little promptings you don't think about that in the end, like, it's like, oh, that would have made a huge difference, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. just those, those ones like that. Yep. Um, and it takes being prepared <laughs> spiritually yeah. to be able to recognize promptings like like even just the little ones. Um, and so what do you what do you do to prepare spiritually so that you can recognize those promptings? Oh, I well, first of all, I mean, you could just do the simplest thing in this pray, right? That uh, talking to your heavenly father. Um, but then at the same time is serving and going to church and partaking of the sacrament. It's attending the temple. Um, my friend, Kelsey, she taught me how to um, temple or it's called prayer journal. Have you heard of prayer journaling? Yeah. And uh, I feel like that has made me so in tune with the spirit. And sometimes I don't have a paper with me. So I'll just be driving in the car and I'll be by myself and I will just start praying and then I will sit and I will listen and I will, because uh, I don't know if you've heard too, like President Nelson talks about this all the time. He talks about how, like, even in the middle of the night, like he'll have dreams and he'll wake up and he'll write things down. And yeah. he talks about how we need to, to do that, to be able to communicate because the veil is so thin. It, I feel like it's thinner than we really think it is. And they want, God wants to talk to us and mm -hmm. he wants to us and to be able to do that. We need to listen. We need to pray and say, okay, heavenly father, what do you need me to do today? Or you can say, I am trying to prepare, you know, um, what is it that you need me to prepare? And I even had one girl tell me she, she did that and she was prompted to buy a raft. And she's like, I don't live by water. I don't know why a raft. That's crazy. But she went and she acted on it. She's like, because maybe we don't know right now, but the Lord does. Yeah. And she was, even if it's a test of the thing, if I would act on it and I'm listening, she's like, that's fine with me too. So if you have a prompting or if you're talking and you feel like spiritually you can hear him and Maybe it might sound crazy like to go buy a certain thing or go help somebody and it doesn't make sense. You just act on it. And that's what part of spiritual preparedness is, is not only hearing him, but serving others and bringing others to him so they can hear him also. Kind of like gathering Zion, right? We are yeah. gathering Israel so that we all can hear him. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so... What, so we've talked about what we do to spiritually prepare. Mm -hmm. What, what, it, what does it mean to you to physically prepare? Oh, you know, everything. <laughs> it's like, like you talked about meal planning, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, 72 hour kits and it's water storage, it's food storage. And it was like talked a lot um, in conference, like a long time ago, you know, and then people started to, I don't know, I wouldn't say slack, but we kind of gotten lazy. And because they're like, Oh, well, they're not talking about it anymore. And so we don't need to do it. And 
Um, just because they're not talking about it in conference doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing it. I feel like the church has done a very good job on their own building this storage to go help others when there is, you know, emergencies or disasters. Mm-hmm. And so for us, they're kind of depending on us uh, so they can help others that we can help ourselves so they're not so <laughs> what we're doing. But um, like for me, I remember when I started, I it feels overwhelming when you just start preparing because when you don't have any long-term food storage or just the regular short-term food storage, people are like, wait, what's the difference? You know? And then, then they realize they don't have water and they're like, but I don't have anything for my sanitary kits. And I just say, focus on one. So pray about it. God will let you know which one to start on. You just ask, he will tell you. And that's where you get started. Mine was 72 hour kits. And the reason why I felt like drawn to do 72 hour kits is because here in Utah, we are very prone to a very big earthquake. And so I'm like, I won't be able to have my food storage if there's a huge earthquake and it destroys my house or, but if I'm able to evacuate and quickly grab my 72 hour kits, we'll be able to have food for three days while we get things figured out. So that's where I started. And that's how we should start for um, physical preparedness is just choose one and then work your way. Don't feel like you don't do one or like be like, I'm going to grab this and then I'll do my seven two hour kit because that's too overwhelming. It's kind of like when you clean your house, you know, it's focus on one room at a time because if you do it all, it's just, it's too overwhelming. So yeah, that's more physical preparedness. It's more of the semi two, the food storage, the water storage, and then um, it will help us. And it will help us too. Um, I'll tell you a story. Like in 2020, uh, there was a big medicine shortage. And there were people in my ward that were very sick, you know, because of all the sickness yeah. going on. There was no medicine. And luckily for me, I had medicine stored up. So I was able to go and give people medicine. And that was a way for me to serve. And then, so that's another thing that's with not only you are helping your family, but you are serving your neighbors. And I think that's an important thing too. Yeah. Uh, I think when we're more prepared, whether it's spiritually or physically, like we, we will have more opportunities to serve. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Um, And that's what we're supposed to do, right? Is find ways to serve people. So love right (laughs) yeah yep um so how how does following the words of the prophets help you be prepared oh I mean everything right everything and I I feel like okay like even this conference did I loved sister Amy Wright's talk me too I loved her talk because she talked about spiritual preparedness and she talked about how when you know, when she was told she had cancer and she worried about her boys. Right. And she's like, what's going to happen to them? But then she realized that she's like, I have been doing everything I was supposed to be doing. They've done scripture studies, come follow me, going to church. And she goes like that's spiritual preparedness right there, because if she leaves, she knows that her boys um, will know where she is and they will have the answers. And that is so important part of spiritual preparedness. And then there's, Elder Bednar's talk in 2020. Do you remember that talk where um, he, he said no. he talked about storage and how he had to like rust things oh. off? And <laughs> That's right. Yes. And you wonder if 2020 was honestly a test for us, right? Like, are it's like God's 
sending us a test saying like, okay, were you prepared? Were, you know, and I bet a lot of us were caught off guard. Even Elder Bendar yeah. said he was caught off a little guard, off guard because yeah. George was not intact. And so listening to him and then um, also we're like starting from the talks of back in the older days, like President uh, Ezra Taft Benson. I don't know if you remember the story. He talked about uh, him going to war and seeing people, they did not have food storage back then. And so they were giving everything away. They were these trains that would come with food and these people would bring all their special stuff that they have to trade for food to live. And so he's like, if you're thinking about getting a new TV or a new car, he's like, make sure you have your food storage first because when the time comes and there's tribulation, you are not going to care about that car or TV. You're going to be caring about feeding your family and yourself. So listening to prophets, um, it they know. And they know, they, the prophet sees around corners, right? Yeah. And so like, even President, um, who, President Irene, he even talked about this conference about having the Holy Ghost. And which is what you need when you are preparing. And I loved how he shared the story about Nephi, where he said the Holy Ghost had to be with him minute by minute. Yeah. And I loved that, that to have the Holy Ghost minute by minute. And he says, it's not easy to have mm-hmm. that. Like we need, we need to be doing what we're doing, like paying our tithing, attending the temple, going to church. We need to be doing these things and obeying our covenants to be able to have that Holy Ghost with us. Because I think it was quoted two or three times in uh, this conference that of uh, President Nelson saying that um, we will in the coming days, we'll, we'll need the constant guidance of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so I think list, the prophets know. And um, it's the same with Joseph. With the seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, if no one listened to him, everyone would have starved. And so we need to make sure that we are listening to our prophets, even if they don't say anything about food, they're preparing us spiritually as well, because spiritual preparedness, like we need to know where we're going after. And if we know if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and listening uh, to the Holy Ghost and to our Savior, everything's going to be okay, even when the hard time comes. Yeah, uh, I appreciated Elder Anderson's talk during conference. He talked about tithing. And one of the things that really stood out to me, um, because I'm probably 95% certain that I'm not the only one that struggles with this on social (laughs) media, you could see all the people have all the pretty things, right? And it's kind of the keeping up with the Joneses. And um and it's easy to fall into that trap a little bit sometimes. And I appreciated the point that he made. He talked about um, when he went on assignment with then at the time Elder Irings, Elder Iring to Silicon Slopes, I think in California. And it was right before this big, like he, he said that the technology um, like bubble burst and there is like the, you know, kind of the recession and stuff like that. I think this was right before 2007. Um, and one of the things that Elder Iring said at the time was that he, um, blessed the people that if they were honest tithe payers, that their desire, or they, he warned people to not want what other people have or, and stuff like that. And he blessed them that if they were honest tithe payers, that their desire for material possessions would diminish. 
And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Father, can I have that blessing? Like, because sometimes, you know, so, but you also mentioned that, like, well, if you're going to plan on getting a TV, but you really should be building your food storage. Well, okay. My mind went, if I pay my tithing, then I'll have less of a desire to buy the TV <laughs> so that I have money to buy the food storage. <laughs> That's so right. It's so true. And it's, it is, it's so hard because like, especially in the world we live in, like you're saying with like even social media, you see your neighbors and your friends and family members and they're all going on cruises and everything. And you're here just trying to get through day by day and paying your tithing and hoping you have food storage. And I've had a few people tell me like, um, like they've asked me like, what are you going to do if there's an emergency and the people that went on their vacations and did all their stuff didn't prepare and then they came to you asking for your food what would you do mm-hmm. and there because you didn't take the vacations you sacrificed and paid your tithing and um I was like well honestly I was like first of all I would pray about it <laughs> and then and I'm like but it's it's I think it depends on the situation because you can use the the um convergence right where yeah. you're like okay well you weren't prepared enough like you know like you you had maybe you had some spiritual oil but you weren't you didn't have any physical oil or the opposite you know like it they both go hand in hand and Mm -hmm. then you're like well what about Noah right where he warned and warned and warned and no one listened and then when the rain came people are like oh never mind just kidding I'll hop on the boat and and I was like I think it just depends on um how you're feeling who the people are and uh, you just pray you don't have to be in that situation, mm-hmm. you know. That's why yeah. I think it's important to build a community around you that also help prepare so that you can help each other if the time comes where there's hardship. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously, uh, you help people if you can, as long as it doesn't detriment what you've done for your family, right? Like, if you have excess, that's totally different question. If you, If it's, you know you barely have enough for what you need at the moment yeah. then which if you're prepared obviously you should have some excess like you should be able to get to the point where you do but um like you said with the medicine you mm-hmm. had excess at the time and so you're able to help yes and I, and I I freeze dry soup for my cute little neighbors they're like cute little 80 year old neighbors and I just <laughs> something that happened there's no way that they they can you know help like do anything or help themselves because they're just so old and so I'm like I just keep thinking I'm going to freeze dry soup for them so if something happens they will have something to eat so that like little things like that too sometimes you're not just preparing for your own family but you will have feelings to um, prepare for others you know around you and I think that's what Christ wants right Christ wants us to help others and uh, he wants us to gather Zion and he wants to gather people in. So uh, preparedness, yes, for your family, but preparedness for others also. Yeah, I love that. Um, oh, shoot. I had a thought. It disappeared. So we'll just move on. <laughs> it happens to all Mom brain. <laughs> um, that's what I blame it on, I guess. it won't, It's not like the fact that I stayed up late last night. Um, uh, okay, so... If you meet somebody that shows interest in 
physical preparedness. We'll talk about that. Um, and they've never really done it before. What would you tell them? What 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 are the first steps that you would tell them to take to start the process of growing their storage? I would honestly first tell them to pray about it first. Prayer is so important because like I've, I've said before, preparedness looks different for everyone. We all live in different places. Like people in Florida, they are more prone to hurricanes. And so their preparedness is going to look totally different than mine here that I live in a desert, you know? Right. And so I think the first thing they should do is pray about it and write down what um, thoughts come to their mind and then they need to act on it. I think that's a lot of the problems too, is people have a hard time acting um, on those uh, thoughts because sometimes they think they're just thoughts. Um, sometimes it seems overwhelming and they're just like, or oh, I'll, I'll find time later, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, if you want to have a peace of mind uh, and they're obviously, if they're asking, it means that they are feeling it. They are feeling um, the need to do it, which is already a prompting right there from uh, the Holy Ghost saying, hey, it's, you know, you, you need to start preparing. And, you know, something might not happen. Um, but I've had people who messaged me that's been following me for over a year now on my page that they said they prepared and thinking that they're preparing for a disaster. But then I don't know if like people have noticed, but people are losing their jobs and it, things are getting so expensive right now. Yes. And so she said her husband's lost his job and they're having no income in coming in. And so they're using their food storage. And that is another great way to use your food storage is preparing for those hard times. It doesn't have to be some big hurricane or tornado or war. It can be just the little things in life, which is, you know, a job loss. So um, that's what I, I tell people. And I'm like, even though you feel like you're preparing for this big thing, it's sometimes it's the little things in life that you use your food storage for. Yeah, I um, definitely heard. I think I've heard more stories about that where somebody has lost a job and they're so grateful that they put in the work to build their food storage. Um, so you mentioned the economy being what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and food food is food costs have increased, I feel like exponentially. And oh, yeah. so that can be overwhelming. I could like I don't know, someone could think I can only afford what we need for the week. Like <laughs> but mm -hmm. I'm supposed to build on top of that. So mm -hmm. what are what recommend for people who feel the pinch right now but still have a desire to build build their food storage yeah some people think food storage can be it can be very expensive it can be um but it, you don't have to get it all at once you can slowly build and there are even places like um, the dollar store that have great things for food storage they also have there's also um like and good sales that you can go to. But if you're at the store and they're feeling the pinch, like I can only, you know, get this amount of things, just grab one can. That's all you have to do. Just grab one extra thing. And over time, when you're just grabbing just that one, it'll just cost 70 cents, you know, and it will build up. Yeah. And that's how you build up your food storage. It's just grabbing one thing, even though you feel like, oh, I just need to get it all at once, which if you can afford it, great. That's amazing. Yeah. But a lot of us, 
I mean, like including myself, like, you know, it sometimes it's not a possibility. So when you go to the store, you know, get your stuff that you usually do, but then just grab one thing and then it will, it will build up. And then that's when you'll start getting more comfortable with food storage because you're like, okay, I will have an extra week's worth if something happens because I have a few cans that I grabbed. Yeah. Um, what are some, this is not a question on there. I just thought of it, but yeah. what are some resources that you use like um, to help you know how many type, like how much wheat or how much this or whatever that you need? What What is it like? Is there, mm-hmm. are the resources that tell you? Yeah. You said need a two hour kit or stuff like that. <laughs> This is what's so amazing. The church website. If you go, if you have the church library app, they, you just, all you type in is emergency preparedness and it will, a thing will pop up and you click on it and it has everything. It has storage, water storage. It talks the importance of it. It talks about what you need. And even in a part on the food storage, you click on it and it'll say long-term food storage and you click on it and it will tell you what you need for each family member to have for long-term. And it's even, they have even spiritual, they have um, emotional, like for like your health and your, in your mind, yeah. like have everything. And that's, I, I love that they, the church has the resource for that. Um, and then my friends from the preparedness project, they developed an app too, where you buy something from the store, you scan, you scan it and it goes into an app on your phone. So it will tell you what's in your food storage, when it's going to expire, when you need to flip things out. So I think there is a lot of resources out there um, if you just look for it. Yeah. Um, I, that's like for me. <laughs> so we're kind of, we have a little bit of food storage, not a lot, but enough that like I can make homemade bread if if we need yeah. to. <laughs> we can survive yeah. off of homemade bread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and beans we have lots of that but um, yeah but it sounds yeah for me it sounds overwhelming to even like yeah. scan something uh, like so do people have to have those type of records no. <laughs> no and sometimes like it's just you just do your best you know yeah. it that's how i i they took um they said this in conference and i loved it and it was like if you are doing what you can the lord will see it and he will provide so yeah. You know, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be, if we are trying and um, like what President Nelson said too, we'll seek and expect miracles. And I'm kind of, we'll be thinking if we have tried and we have tried to prepare, um, I'm kind of hoping too, it's, it's like when Christ blessed, you know, the fish and the bread, right? Where um, we will come back, you know, we'll, we'll go and grab our food and we'll come back and there'll be more because we did tried our best and we we did what we could and I I feel like those miracles can happen and so all I can say is just do what you can and the Lord will do the rest I love that so much what blessings have you personally seen from being prepared oh I I feel like there's been a lot of blessings um first of all I for being prepared at you know, it brings peace, but also it's helped me um, since I am prepared and I have learned so much from preparing. It's blessed me to be able to teach others how to prepare. And um, because like I have said in the er- like earlier that a lot of people don't know 
And I get a lot of messages on my Instagram, like, where do I start with my 72 hour kit? Where do I start with this? And so I feel like it's been a blessing for me to serve my, uh, serve my neighbors and my brothers and sisters and um, share my knowledge so that they too can prepare, but then that they can start telling people like, Hey, this is what I've learned about this. And then they can prepare. It's kind of the ripple effect. And um, I think being prepared brings peace. It brings me a peace of mind knowing that if something, you know, hard happens to our family, whether it's something with grief, if it's something um, to do with natural disasters or anything like that, that we will be spiritually and temporally ready for it. Yeah, I agree with that. And like I said earlier, with meal planning, I definitely feel peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But it also it also happens with spiritual preparedness, right? Like I think the world um is hungry, voraciously hungry even for peace. Like we are all desperate to experience that feeling and that can only come from Jesus Christ. Surpasses any kind of understanding that um, you know, yes. any, any, anything we could possibly try to describe. But um, yeah. So uh what are your plans for being prepared in the like in the near future? Oh, um, I I feel like that for the future I want to keep teaching. I have been doing a lot of um, I go to like church buildings and teach people how to do preparedness, and I really yeah. want I really want just to be helping others grow closer to our Savior, and can like what you said it our world is, they need peace. And I feel like the world is very crazy right now. And it's scary. And yeah. there's a lot here. And I feel like if we have the savior and, um, and we know like what will happen if something hard, you know, comes our way that we have him and we know what, what what's going to happen when we pass away and we're going to be together again. And, that's what I, I want to help others gain an understanding of that. I want them to gain a relationship with them. So like you said, like that's that's what I want to do. I want to help others in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Have your um have your daughters kind of picked up on the preparedness bug at all? Oh yeah. They they all are and they 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 take a lot of pride in it. <laughs> they they love it and um, like they'll, they'll even, we'll go to the store and see things. And my mom, like my 10 year old will be like, Hey mom, don't forget. We use some noodles. You got to replace it. Cause that's how short-term storage works is sometimes you grab it from the pantry or from your storage, put it in your pantry, and then you got to replace it. And so they'll, they pick up on it very quickly. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of, so what do you recommend for people that don't have a lot of space but want to build their food storage, sorry, this is another question. Not no, question. no, it's, I'm used to this stuff, and it's fine because I, I mean, I don't live in a huge house, but I know there's people that live like in apartments, and their houses are smaller, and people have to get creative. And so, like, uh, one of my friends, she's called the Faithful Prepper. She lives in this little mm -hmm. apartment, and she puts things like under her beds. Um, she puts things high up in her closet and she goes, you know, she goes, I can't have really have long-term storage because of how tight her house is. But like she said, she goes, I do what I can and I know he will 
prepare, you know, for the rest. So she just said for her, she puts things under beds. She puts things high, high up in closets. You just got to get creative. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I think of, uh, when I think of like the ultimate, you know, like Utah and a lot, of, and I live in a place where we don't have basements. Like that's, yeah. we, we're too close to the water table. And so like Utahns, a lot of you have basements. And so that provides this perfect, like when you said, I take stuff out of storage to put in my pantry. Well, I just have my pantry. That's my storage. Yep. And so um, now obviously I can get more creative and, and put it in places I wouldn't normally think to. But um, yeah, yep. so I like the idea of just using what you have and and you'll mm -hmm. be okay as long as you try to do your best, which yes. is what we, we've said. I, I in New Mexico and we didn't have basements there either. And I had a closet under the stairs and that's where I put everything. I put it yeah. there. I had a hut, so this really cute looking hut, and you think it's just this cute display, but if you looked under, I had a bunch of cans shoved <laughs> all under. So it's like I said, everyone lives in a different place. We all have different size houses. You and you just got to get creative with it. Yeah, we. What part of New Mexico did you live in? I lived in Rio Rancho, which is right okay. next to. Okay, I lived I lived in New Mexico for a little over a year, but we lived on the southeastern side in Hobbs. I don't know if you've heard of Hobbs, but yeah, 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 yeah. Not, so it's say what? I said it's not too not too far. <laughs> no, but it's it's not really a place I ever want to live again. <laughs> well, we used to call um, our place the land of entrapment, not land of enchantment, because you get trapped there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, it's kind of funny because I don't really understand why New Mexico is called the land of enchantment. I mean, unless you go underground in Carlsbad Caverns, those are pretty enchanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's just, I'm very happy to be back in Utah. Like, New Mexico is great. I, we called it our mission because we were there yeah. for two years. So we, we went, we served, and we came back. <laughs> right. Yeah, when we lived in New Mexico, um, we didn't have a pantry or anything. And so we had um, bought like one of one of those wire, like oh, stainless steel, you know, um, shelving units. And mm -hmm. that's where we kept our storage. So there's, and then to make it so, and it was like in our living room and to make it pretty, <laughs> I had like sewn these like curtain type things to like hook around it, you know, so that like, at least I could hide it a little bit, but um, yeah, you do what you can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Um, okay, so to finish off our interview, which thank you, this has been awesome, and I feel inspired to be a little better <laughs> to to buy the extra extra number ten can of wheat. Actually, I make a lot of. We, we have homemade bread. That's one of the ways that like I've consistently tried That's to like consistently kept food storage. Like I can mm -hmm. learn how to make bread and that's something we can do as a family to almost force us to have to have food storage. <laughs> yeah, um, it's good. That's so good. Cause I feel like, especially in our days, we're lazy and a lot of us don't know how to cook or bake or make bread. And that's a huge benefit to you knowing that you're going to be able to make something if if you need to you know yeah and it's really not as scary as it seems no <laughs> or, or it's difficult but um but anyways I 
there's always room for improvement, right? And so yes. I feel inspired yes. by talking to you and I can't <laughs> wait to 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 actually have a 72 hour kit. <laughs> I, I, Not my on my on my uh, Instagram that I talk about 72 hour kits and I most of my stuff is from the dollar store. Yeah. So it 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 to be cheap, you know, we don't have it took me 3 months to put together all of my 72 hour kits and that's okay because I was just slowly buying and yeah. that's how you that's good to know because like when I think about putting together a 72 hour kit I think of just going to the store getting everything I need and coming home and then putting it together but we don't have to do that no no you don't and you can find things around the house that you already have like old backpacks that your kids don't use anymore um your own clothing like it's like oh well she doesn't wear this shirt as much we're gonna throw it in and I like to change mine out yearly because I feel like too much feels too, six months is like too daunting because you're yeah. already doing. So I always pack like a long sleeve shirt and long pants for all my kids, because if it's summer, we can just cut the sleeves and cut the pants. But if it's winter, they'll stay warm. So well, that's good to know. Little, yeah, just it's, it doesn't have to be expensive. It could just be things you're just grabbing out of the closet. Like, well, they don't wear this shirt anymore. I'm just going to throw that in. These are their old pair of shoes. I'll just throw that in. And that's how you build it up. You just find things around the house. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, and I just had the thought, uh, we do we do fake crafts at our house. <laughs> yeah, those would be like a great addition too because they are waterproof and they, sorry, that's just a thought I had. But we, yeah, no, we, have, we have to... Um, we have so much rain here that we have to have like shoes that can handle just being cleaned easily. And so that's what there are outside shoes. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people are like, oh, put in flip flops because that's the easiest thing to pack in their light. But if you have to walk, um, your feet are not going to be thanking you for wearing flip flops. And especially no. like you're saying, wet by you and wearing flip-flops and wet your feet can get cold though it's just not a good thing so I'm always like wear shoes that you know you can walk in and will protect your feet yeah absolutely all right to finish off I always ask the same two questions the first one being how is how is uh what example from Jesus Christ's life shows that he was a guardian of preparedness oh he is the king of all king of preparedness yes <laughs> More than anything, he has taught us for preparedness is to prepare for our, um, kind of like President Nelson said, thinking celestial, right? He, Christ is preparing us to have an eternal, we need to have an eternal perspective. And yeah. so preparedness is also not just food storage. It's also um, getting a better relationship with the Savior and uh, it's more of the spiritual where we are serving our neighbors, where we're attending the temple, where we are fulfilling our callings. Because I know a lot of people have struggles with fulfilling their callings, but that is another way of us serving and then having that eternal perspective of um, coming together and living as brothers and sisters um, in the celestial kingdom. So Christ has done a, a really good job um, teaching us to not judge others, to, you know, serve one another, not, you know, everything, right? I guess yeah. you could say. But he, yes, I, I, more than anything, I look to him in preparedness because I know he knows best and he will lead the way for all of us um, to have eternal happiness. Think celestial. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what, yeah, I love, I literally have thought that phrase in my head probably every single day since conference. That's good. That's good. Sometimes it's hard too, where you're all like, thanks Celestial, thanks Celestial. (laughs) My kids are going to drive me crazy. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I really do love them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, if you could pick anyone, past or present, who you think is a guardian of preparedness, who would you pick and why? Oh, 100% Captain Moroni. Yeah, by, by far. And it's so funny because we all call him, like, the hottie of back then. <laughs> no, but, really? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that. Oh, yes. it's I've, It's been going all around social media lately, too, like, girls going to pretending they're crying going to bed because we didn't get to live in the time of Captain Moroni because he was such a spiritual giant and he, he was a stud for oh, sure he was and President Nelson gave a talk about him in October 2020 and the reason why I loved Captain Moroni is because he never stopped preparing ever yeah. and so he created safe places and spaces for people. He prepared their minds. So he was able to, you know, teach them the gospel and give them, make them think celestial, right? And then he stopped. So even when times were good, like right now, your life might be so good. And you're like, Oh, I don't need to prepare. No, you do. Like Catamarona kept preparing because then when the hard times came, when people came to attack, they were shocked because of how prepared they were. And it's because too, received revelation from God, like, hey, this is how you make these certain type of armors. You need to be doing those things. He acted on it, and then they were blessed for it. And that's why I love Captain Moroni, because he was, he was the, he was the bomb.com. <laughs> oh, 100%. He's my favorite, um, yeah. if we're allowed to have favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. It, they like President Nelson says, the ad- adversary never stops attacking, so we can never stop preparing. Never. And um, I was talking with my dad today about this, but there, um, there's been some things that have happened in in you know mm-hmm. uh, in the news, kind of in our realm lately, that have been upsetting to me personally. And um, and my father and I were talking, and we're talking about. Um, Daniel or no David and Goliath and how mm-hmm. David did some amazing cool things right like he fought against Goliath and he won and mm-hmm. then later on in his life he let his guard down enough that um, he fell and 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 dad my dad and I were talking and you just we're at, we cannot let our guard down at all like we have to constantly constantly like Captain Ron and I constantly mm-hmm. be building up our fortress and doing the things like you said going to the temple praying scripture yeah. studying following the prophet um yeah. paying tithing so that so that that our guard won't fall and we'll continue to be prepared yeah and it's and if we if there is a time that we do fall it's so amazing that we have the atonement of Jesus Christ and that yes. we have and we can slowly work our way back it, there's never we are never like that's the adversary wants from us he they he wants us to think if we fall if we fail that there is no way back and there's always a way back god's hand is always stretched out and yes to grab us and say hey you are always welcome and that's what i yeah that's why i love the gospel of jesus christ because of that 
Yeah, I um that's why I like stories of like uh Alma the younger mm-hmm. and um Paul Saul yeah. becoming Paul. Like they're they're examples of people like being in the most wretched states of what you can be as a human and then completely turning um you know and becoming one of the most devout disciples of Jesus Christ. And yes. so it is change is a po- is possible. If we believe in Jesus Christ, we have to believe that change is possible because that's what his whole MO was. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of too going along with like um Elder Uchtdorf's talk is if someone does decide to change, even though they thought this life was great and then they fall and they do come back, that we need to be a, a peacemaker and we need to learn to to say hey we accept you we need to be happy that they're coming back to the fold and i i love that he gave that talk that was such a good time <laughs> yeah we almost it's almost like we need to put like we need to forget like heavenly father forgets you know <laughs> when when the forgiveness is given um yeah the only way to move forward is to almost start anew and stuff so. it's not easy i know it's not because no. i mean the other son, he really struggled with it, you know, um, and it's, it's sometimes it might be a process, but we also have to maybe put ourselves in their shoes and kind of like see like, how would I feel, you know, if like, I mean, I bet that took him a lot of courage to come back to his dad and say, I lost everything, you know, but uh, we need to be happy that they are wanting to repent, that they are wanting to be better. And like what you said, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's harder to forgive and forget, but you can forgive and then take the time to forget in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And when we, to bring it back, when we're prepared, seriously, <laughs> it's easier to do things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sheila, thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Of course, I loved it. It was so fun. Yeah, and you're automatically now one of my favorite people on social media because you love Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Captain America. I, I love I mean, Captain America too. <laughs> even, be- even better. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, pretty Captain awesome America. too. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awesome. He has yeah. the skill. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Some titanium. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Captain America oh, had the armor thing too. So, you know. Yeah. It's Super all good. cool. They're yes. both cool. They're both so cool. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Shayla. Have a good day. Hey, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say, virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye.